Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. Hope you guys are awake. We are so glad to see you. And once again, if you're our guest, maybe if you're new, um, someone dragged you with them this morning, we are excited that you're here and our hearts are so happy that you're spending Mother's Day with us. And I'm really excited because I know I'm a little biased, but I get to share the stage this morning with the greatest mom that I know, uh, my wife, Sarah. She is the mother to our eight kids, and so that keeps her busy in everything that she has to do. Yeah, let's put our hands together because I think she's awesome. And I didn't want to put it all on her today because it's Mother's Day, so I said, hey, what if we share this message together because she does such an amazing job when you speak, and so I wanted you to share that. And so to all the moms in the room, not just Sarah, happy Mother's Day. We love you, and we're excited that you're here with us this morning. And uh, yeah, so I know some of you in the room, today is the day you look forward to all year. <laughs> moms, it's the day you don't have to cook lunch, the day you yes. don't have to do one load of laundry, you don't have to clean up one accident in the bathroom, you can put your feet up. And if that's not your day, I hope... Husbands and children's in the room just took some notes hint, for hint, this guys. afternoon. <laughs> um, so some of us look forward to this day, and and quite honestly, some of us it can be a little bit hard. Mother's Day can be a little bit difficult. I know uh, for me this year, this is my first Mother's Day with our son Josiah in the Marines. So I realized this weekend, oh, this is my first Mother's Day. Am I going to see him? So that's kind of sad and hard. I mean, we can FaceTime, thank yep. you, Jesus, but it's not the same. Um, and some of you, it might be like that. You don't get to see your kiddos or you don't get to see your mother on this day. Um, some of us, it could be even more painful. Maybe you've lost a, a child or you've yep. lost your mom. And so you're, you're kind of going through a time of mourning every year on Mother's Day. Or you're mourning the loss that you're, you're not a mom and you want to be a mom. Yeah. Um, and so we, we never, ever want to skip over you in this room who are feeling a little bit painful today um, and a little bit mournful today um, because God doesn't skip over you. He sees you, yeah. and, and he acknowledges and understands and is with you in the middle of that. And so we just want to say a happy Mother's Day to all of you who even are not mothers yet, um, because we, we do believe that God continues to do miracles and continues to come through in ways that we cannot even see or imagine. So um, we're actually talking about that today. We're in the middle of this series called When God Doesn't Make Sense. And I love these kinds of series because I think all of us go through times where things don't add up, where our faith doesn't seem to be functioning, where we see God and think, I thought you were different than this. And so I thought, what a perfect series to be in the middle of on Mother's Day for us to be able to talk about some of these things that are really challenging, um, both for, for moms, for dads, for everyone in the room, because we all kind of go through these times yeah. where things are difficult and challenging. Yeah. And so last week we talked about when God doesn't make sense, how do we react in our faith when we walk through pain or suffering? And so those difficult moments where we endure that or where we experience it with loved ones around us, and how does our faith continue to grow when we trust in God? And today we're going to talk about how does our faith grow? How do we see God? How do we interact with God when God says no? How many of you guys have ever been told no in your life? I have. And I was thinking about this, and it brought me back to my childhood. Mom, if you're watching this, I love you. Um, but whenever I was growing up, I remember there were moments where I didn't want to hear no. And there were a lot of times um, after Sunday service, just like this, um, in the church that I grew up in, we had Sunday morning and Sunday evening service. 
So the best thing on the weekend was going over a friend's house in between church. So I'd get to go over after church was done. And I never wanted to hear no. And so I would send my older brother, Michael. And I'd be like, Michael, please go ask mom or dad. Like, please. And we knew to ask mom because she was more likely to say yes. But almost all the time she said, go ask your father, right? And I didn't want to hear no. Um, And so I would go run and hide in one of the kids' classrooms. And I'd wait while my brother asked my parents, hey, is it okay if me and Aaron go over our friend's house? Like if we go eat lunch with them and they had a trampoline, we didn't have a trampoline. So they were like the cool kids, right? So we always wanted to go over there. And then I would come back and most of the time I was going to hear no. And I didn't understand that as a kid. Like it was so frustrating. My little heart was crushed. And it's like that whenever we're, um, we're in our relationship with God. Now, my kids, they don't hear no, like they don't come ask me that. They text me now. Even my 10-year-old son, hey, dad, can I play 30 more minutes on the video game, please, 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 right? Because we, we don't want that kind of rejection, and it's like that in our relationship with God. Moms, I know it's difficult when you have to say no, but it's like that with God, too. There's moments where the Bible describes him as a loving heavenly father, and where he's looking out for our best, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And so there's moments where God has to look at us, and because he knows what's best, because He's that loving heavenly father. He has to say no to us. And so we want to look at moments where we don't want to, but we hear no from God. And what I love is, um, well, if you walked in this morning and you're newer, you came through this hallway right here and there's these declarations on the wall. They're the core of who we are at NCC. And we say scripture shapes our lives. And so I love that we can go to scripture and we have so many examples of when God told people no and that we can look to those examples and see what we can learn and how that can help us to grow in our faith. And so today we want to go straight into the scriptures and look at times that God God said no to people and how people handled that and what we can learn from the scriptures. So So if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Acts chapter 16. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, there is a blue Bible in the seat in front of you. And you can turn to page 539 in that Bible. And we're going to look at a few different passages um, in a couple different places in the Bible where God says no to people, to his people, people that are following him, people that love him, and how they respond, and what that teaches us about the moments where God says no in our lives. And so if you're not familiar, if you're like, hey, I haven't read a lot in the book of Acts, this is a moment where it's after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so he's died, he's been resurrected, he's ascended back to heaven, and the church is growing, and the church is expanding. And there were some Christian leaders that were taking this message of God's love, of God's forgiveness, of God's hope into other cities. One of them, his name was Paul. You may have heard of him, the Apostle Paul. Um, He's a pretty well-known figure in in the Christian um, text here in the Bible. He's written a lot of the New Testament scriptures about the life of Jesus and about the life of the church. And so we pick up this story and we look at the life of Paul, and it's a moment where God says no to him. And so in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10, this is what it says. You can read along with me there. It says, They went through the region of Pergia in Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Now, I want you to get that right there. They're saying, God, we want to go tell more people about you. We want to take this message of hope and the love of Jesus into Asia. And God says, no, they're forbidden by the Holy Spirit to do that. And so then they came up to Mysiah and they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. 
Once again, he says, no. So passing by Mycia, they went to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. It was a man from Macedonia, and he was standing there urging him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so I was reading this passage, and I thought, God, this does not make sense. This is perfect for this series, when God doesn't make sense. This seems like something amazing. They're wanting to go bring your love. They're wanting to go spread the gospel and share the hope of Christ with people that had never heard the gospel, with people that did not have an understanding of Scripture or any of that, or the love of God. And what does God's Spirit say? No. Can't do that. No, Paul, you're not going to go into Asia. No, Paul, you're not going to go into this other area. I'm telling you, no, my spirit's forbidding you from going on. And as I started to look at this, and as you continue to read through, we understand sometimes when God says no to your question, it means yes to something better. Sometimes when God says no to what you're asking him for, God, can we go do this? He's saying no, because he has something better in mind. He knows your future. He knows what's taking place. And that's what's taking place here. Because as you continue to read, Paul ends up in the city of Philippi. And as he goes there, he goes by um, the river. He goes and he, he meets this woman. And he starts to share the gospel with her. The church is planted. And you fast forward in scripture and Paul's writing a letter back to this church that he helped plan in this moment when God said no to these other opportunities. And he said yes to Macedonia. And in this letter that he writes to them, we have these amazing scriptures that many of us know. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I mean, that's like a foundational scripture when we're going through difficult times. How about this one? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And as I was thinking about this, who knows, we may not have those powerful scriptures, those encouraging texts, if Paul would have tried to plow through and say, God, I know you're saying no, but this is a really good thing, God. And so I'm going to go ahead and do this. And if he would have not listened to the spirit of God, but because he realizes, God, when you say no to, some, to what I'm asking, you say no to the requests that I have, I trust that you're saying yes to something better. And Paul understood this. And because of that, we have this amazing letter to the church in Philippi that we're encouraged that thousands of years later, we still reflect on and God speaks to us through. And so it's an amazing moment there. This always makes me think about, uh, and maybe this is a mom moment, hashtag mom moment, um, but of my kids and how they spend their money. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. So like, uh, I remember in grade school, you know, the kids have book fairs and book fairs are kind of the bane of my existence um, because we love books. Yes. Okay. We love, love, love books. But um, my kids always beg for money to go to the book fair and then they come home with things that aren't books. So like <laughs> Josiah's in grade school and he's like, mom, yeah. mom, can I get, this is the one time I sent him 20 bucks. Let me tell you, no other kid in my family has gotten 20 bucks for a book fair since this. He takes 20 bucks. I'm thinking you can get probably at least like two good books, right? For 20 bucks at a book fair. And he comes home with this like build your own soda can robot kit 
and um, like a bunch of little trinkety plastic things that broke in 30 minutes. And I'm like, what made you think you should get these things? And he's like, but they look so cool. That soda can robot, he did build it. It lasted for an hour and then was in the trash. And this has happened repeatedly in my household. The kids get $2 and they're like, can I go get candy? And then two weeks later, they're like, I really want to save for this big Nerf gun. So we started telling them, no, hey, you're going to get your allowance, you're going to get your money, and you have to save money before you can spend it because we know something better is down the line. And it's yeah. we have this quote that we say to our kids a lot. It's actually on our bathroom mirror right now, and it is, do not sacrifice what you really want for what you want today. And often God knows that, right? Like God knows the true desires of our heart. And sometimes we can be like kids. We want that new job that looks so fancy and schmancy. And we want the new car or we want the house or we, whatever that thing is that we want. And God says no. And like a toddler, we're like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, and we don't understand, but God knows what's around the bend. Yeah. He wants something better for us. It even reminds me of a story. Ravi Zacharias shares about a little girl who has these plastic beads and her dad goes and buys her a set of pearls and every night he says, will you give me your plastic necklace? Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 I can't give it to you. And she doesn't know he's got real pearls behind his back. And so often God has real pearls for us and we're wanting to sacrifice and settle for the plastic that we see right in front of us. So God's no may just mean yes to something better that's around the yeah. bend. And so church, it's just remembering that. Like Paul realized that, and this was the lesson in his life, that when he heard no from God, it wasn't God saying, hey, you're not going to share the gospel. Hey, Paul, you're not going to go plant a church, you know, in these other areas. What he was saying is, hey, I have a design, I have a purpose, I have a plan. And church, I'm here to remind you this morning, God has a design, he has a purpose, and he has a plan for your life. And in those moments where you hear God say no, and you're probably like me as a little kid. Oh, no, I don't want to hear that. We just have to remember, God, you're going to say yes to something better. God really does have our best interest in mind. He knows what is best for us. And so in those moments where he says, hey, I'm saying no to that, it's because he wants something better for our lives. And so it's remembering that when we hear God say no, God, we're trusting that you have what's best for us in mind, Lord. And you're going to say yes to the right things. And so we keep on asking, Lord, we, we're looking for your direction. We're looking for your guidance because we know that you're going to say yes to what's best inside of our life. And sometimes no just means not yet. Sometimes no means just wait just a little yep. while longer. And so if you want to turn into Acts just a few chapters back from where we were in chapter 3, we're going to go to chapter 3. Yep. Um, and a little background here. So in Acts chapter 3, Jesus has... Uh, died, risen, come back, talked to his disciples, challenged them. They got together and prayed for 40 days. The day of Pentecost came. They saw this huge um, drawing of thousands of people into the church, and the church is starting to scatter, but Peter and John are still in Jerusalem, and they're ministering in Jerusalem and, and going around there, and so we see them going into the temple. So um, starting in verse 1, Acts chapter 3, in verse 1, let's read together. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man who was lame from birth was being carried, and they laid him daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask for alms of those entering the temple. 
And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, that's money, coins. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Now, one thing I'd like to point your attention to, if you notice at the beginning of the verse, in verse 2, it says um, that they brought this man and they laid him daily at this gate. So it is very likely that Jesus walked by this man multiple times. Jesus was in Jerusalem a lot. This man was laid daily at the gate. And Jesus walked by him and left him lame, essentially saying, no, I'm not ready to heal you yet. That had to be really, really hard. But for whatever reason, Jesus knew the right timing, the right plan, the right way, and he had a plan, and he fulfilled it through Peter and John. So sometimes, sometimes when we hear no from God, he's asking us to wait. Yeah, and that simply means, church, that we trust his timing. We don't see the whole picture. We don't see everything that God is doing. And so just like Sarah said, there had to be moments where that layman was hearing about Jesus causing other people to walk, opening the eyes of the blind and realizing this is the man that walks by me all the time. And yet God was saying no in that man's life, that he was not ready to heal him. And we don't understand. The Bible doesn't open up and give us the reasons. Hey, here's why God did this. Here's why Jesus didn't heal that man, even though he had walked past them. And, but what we do see is that in this moment, this was the moment that God had set for this man to receive healing. And in this moment, when Peter and John are walking by, and whenever they look at this man and they proclaim healing over his life, he jumps up, and there are a lot more people that see this miracle and that they're brought into the kingdom of God. And so we don't know if that was part of the timing or what God was doing here, but to know in this instance, God was saying, not yet. I see the plan that I have. Once again, I see the purpose that I have. I know what it is that I'm doing. In church, it comes back to this simple factor of, hey, do we trust God? You know, as parents, moms in the room, you, you know this. When you say no, sometimes we say this to our kids, like, hey, do you, you've got to trust me. I know what's best for you. And there are moments where God's looking at us as a good heavenly father, and he's saying, hey, I know what's best for you. And so when I'm saying no, it's not that I'm not going to heal you. I'm saying not yet. I have my timing. I have my reasons. And once again, we don't see the full picture. We don't always know the full extent, but we knew there was something God was doing here. There was a moment that he had chosen to say, hey, this is how I'm going to work. This is what I'm going to do. And so when we come on those moments where we've asked God, and maybe over and over again, we've come to him and we said, Lord, can you please do this? And this is something that I think you would want to do, God. And he says, no, we have to realize, okay, God, we trust your timing. This may simply mean not yet. And so, God, we trust what it is that you're doing and how you're working in our lives. Yeah, and this always reminds me of, um, we get a little romantic, when Aaron <laughs> and I got together. So, um, so a little bit of, of backstory. Some of you know, but 
Um, but I just grew up a little bit rough and I had some really rough experiences. Uh, I didn't have a, my, my dad was an addict, so I didn't have a strong male figure in my life and I followed the typical teenage girl track of looking for affection from boys and it never turned out very good. So off I go to Bible school, I'm living my life for Jesus and I am like determined to not get married. Everyone knew I had this thing. I didn't need a guy, I was good, me and Jesus forever. And, uh, and then I met him and it's, what can I say, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he likes he likes this story. Um, but I've never really been a lightning from heaven kind of person. You know, like when you ask God for a moment and you're like, God, just show me exactly what to do. That was never really how I was. But um, it had only been a few weeks into the yeah. semester. And we were in a group of friends together. But um, But I swear I have the journals to prove this. But... And he will argue his case, the, even this week we were arguing about this story, because what happened was he liked one of my best friends and confided in me that he liked her, and she liked him and confided in me that she liked him. So here I am in the middle, right? I have the power to either ruin or get them together. And I, I was talking to Jesus, and I'm like, ooh, why is this so hard? Why do I even care? And I'm writing in my journal, I'm a huge journal person, I'm writing my journal, and I wrote this, Jesus, am I gonna marry Aaron? I'm like, what the? And I felt God tell me, yeah, you're gonna marry him, but this is not the time for you. And I wrote this all out of my journal, it's like September 9th in 1996 that I wrote down, I think this is crazy. I will never tell a living soul. I think that I'm going to marry Aaron Escamilla, but I have to tell him. So I tell him and I tell her and they get together. They're not dating <laughs> this week. He's like, we never dated. I'm like, you were walking the prayer walk at Sagu. It was the same thing. You were talking and it was so hard for me, but I knew so clearly God was saying, not yet. And I thank the Lord every day because we have this opportunity over the next few months, the next year to build this really great friendship yeah. that I had never had with any guy I had ever dated. I'd always followed the typical track and he and I had this foundational friendship. So when we did start dating, it was this natural outflow of this crazy awesome friendship that we had and just how God allowed us to minister together. Like we just yeah. kept crossing paths and we'd be ministering in Sidewalk Sunday School together. And, and I look back now and I think, yeah, after 20 years of marriage, yeah. like I don't know what would have happened if I would have tried to make that happen on my own. Yeah. You know, I don't know how different my life would have looked, but I know God's timing was perfect. And I just knew in that moment I had to trust him. And I'm so glad that I did, babe. Yeah. And so as we were talking about that this week, I just think about that, that there's moments where God says not yet because he has to work a process in us. In church, there's so many times we try to rush it. And we want to get ahead. We want to get to the end result. We think we know where we're going. And so we want to step in front of God. But God has to do something inside of us. And so it is, once again, it's trusting him that when he's saying no, which means not yet, you know, in this instance, and he's saying, hey, I need you to wait on me. Don't rush into this, that God wants to do something inside of us. It may be growing our faith. It may be drawing us closer to him. It may be drawing us closer to someone else. God knows what he's doing. He is that good heavenly father. And if we're not careful as children, we can get frustrated and we can try to give up on God. We can try to give up on our faith. When we don't understand, there is a process. 
that God is working inside of us. There's something God needs to do inside of us before he brings us to this point of fulfilling what he said or something that he's promised. And so many times when he says no, we have to look and say, God, I trust you. And I trust that there's a process that you're working in me. And so, God, I'm going to submit to your timing. And that's what we see here is this man wasn't healed instantly the first time that Jesus walked by, but there's something God was doing in his life. And ultimately his healing brought salvation for so many other people that came to faith because of the miraculous sign that they saw on this day. And so once again, sometimes when God says no, it means that he's saying yes to something better. Sometimes when God says no, he's saying not yet. He's saying, hey, wait, trust my timing. And then sometimes when God says no, he simply means no. I mean, it's just as simple as that. There are moments where God says no because, once again, he knows what's best for us. And so we see this, once again, this person that we've been talking about, this Apostle Paul. If you have your Bible still open, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And it's this moment in Paul's life where he is struggling, where he's in this moment where God does not make sense to him. And where he's gone through, I mean, he's faced some very difficult things for his relationship with Christ and in his relationship with Christ. And he comes to this point, and this is, I want to read this because it's powerful what he says here. Second Corinthians chapter 12, he says this, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation. What he's saying is God has shown me some amazing things. He saw visions of heaven. He saw visions of future things. And Paul's referencing all of that. He said, I was given a thorn in my flesh. This was a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited or arrogant. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But God said, no. God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In church, I read this, and there's a lot of commentaries and scholars that say, this is what the thorn in the flesh was that Paul had. We don't know other than he says, it was this messenger from Satan. And Paul said, I'm pleading with God. God, take this away. This is so difficult. This is so hard. And once again, God says, I'm doing something in your life. And no simply means no. In this instance, God says, I know what's best. And I'm not saying it's going to happen in the future. I'm not saying that it's necessarily yes to something, but I'm saying no because, Paul, I need you to lean into me. I need you to trust me. And, Paul, if you become too prideful, you're going to lose me in your life. And I need you to rely on my grace. And so God was simply saying no in Paul's life. And he was saying no because he was saying, I know what it is that you need inside of your life. And so that's why he says that my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness, Paul. And Paul realized this. And so he said, I'm going to boast in my weakness. And there are moments where once again, church, where we don't fully understand God. And we have to realize in this series, as we walk through these topics, you can't. I can't. And all the wisdom and that we have in, in writings of Christian writers, even over thousands of years, we can't fully understand God. If we did, he would not be God. If you can fully comprehend him, you have reduced him down to a God that fits, fits in your box, and that's not really God. And so we realize that, that there are moments 
we will never fully understand why he says no, but we trust him. Just like we've trusted our parents that they have our best interests in mind, that they love us, we trust God. That when he says no, when he looks at us and says, my grace is sufficient for you, that God, I trust you're working. And I trust what it is that you're doing in my life. And so we know that, church, that sometimes when we hear God say no, he's saying yes to something better. Sometimes when we hear God say no, he's saying not yet. You need to wait for my timing. Even though you may not understand it, even though you may not have it all figured out, trust and wait in my timing. And then sometimes when God says no, it's because he knows best. And no simply means no. And we have to trust and we have to rely on his grace that he's working inside of our lives. 